Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles In the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 96 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name's Soda, you can find me on X at Soda underscore Hunter. And I am Ethan, you can find me on all social media platforms at Viva La Ethan. Got a congested Ethan. Woo, baby, these allergies. <laughs> I sneezed so hard earlier that it, I pulled a muscle in my finger. I was thinking you were talking about the uh, burst of blood vessels behind your eyes. You have the uh, Ryan Priest eyes. I wish. Oh, that would be so cool. No, I just, I, every, like, around this year, or around this time of year, I always, my allergies are always really bad. And it seems like every single year I will pull, like I will sneeze hard enough that I either feel like I gave myself a brain aneurysm or like pulled a muscle in my finger. It's the same finger every single year. It, <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Sometimes when I sneeze, my whole my whole right arm goes numb. Is that, a, that normal? <laughs> Ooh, there you go. That's that's my kind of sneeze right there, buddy. Numb and tingly for five, thirty yeah. seconds. It goes back. <laughs> That's happened to me yeah. forever. So I don't reckon it's a heart attack or anything. It's happened to me forever. So I guess it's just a, a weird little wiring kink that I have going on. So episode yeah. 96. Um, who do you have for number 96? Well, I went with Daniel Suarez. Hey, he almost won a 500. I don't even want to talk about it. I hate that guy. I, him and Joey Logano, I just cannot stand those those two drivers. Well, at least it wasn't his fault that everybody wrecked. He just kind of got in the middle of it this year. Yeah, so he didn't like dictate anything of the outcome like he did last year. That's true. He totally ruined our five hundred last year. So, <laughs> um. Well, I was looking back at it, and the 47 had actually like inched ahead of Joey Logano at just a moment of caution. So I was really close to seeing a Joey, Joey Logano win. So of the two that wound up, you know, had a chance to win right there that last caution, I'm pretty thankful it was uh, Stenhouse in retrospect. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get into the 500 in a little bit, but... Um, yeah, it wound up being the people finishing one two that caused that big jump. <laughs> yeah. Um, my number ninety six. I couldn't remember initially who who the main driver was for it. I remember the split time. It's um, 
going to be Terry Labonte in the number 96 DLP Texas Instruments car. Ooh, yeah. 2006, somewhere in there. I had went to Talladega one year. I guess it must have been 2006. I don't know, somewhere. <laughs> um, actually, this might have been the year that Dale Jarrett won. <laughs> now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. It might have been that year. Uh, we uh, We went up there. Uh, yeah, up there from here. I'm way south of Talladega. I'm like four hours south of Talladega. So to me, it's up there. Uh, everybody else in the world is probably down there. Um, so we went up there and uh, in the DLP tent where they had the car set up. And, you know, you, the sponsors have like different displays out and they have a little contest where you can like get free koozies or lanyards, things like that. And one of them was having like a trivia question at the DLP tent. And somebody asked, who is the owner? Who are the owners? of the number 96 DLP car. And I knew one of them, at least it was Troy Aikman and I, his little cup of coffee in NASCAR. And, uh, I got a free DLP hat out of it. Now who, who's Troy Aikman? He's a former quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And now he's a commentator in the NFL. If you watch the Super Bowl, I think I'm, Correct in saying he was one of the commentators of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, he was. So he was one oh, of the commentators that, that did a Super Bowl. Is that the guy with the big like uh big hair on the big head, head shoulders commercial? It's just the big head. No, it's not the, not not no. Not that who I don't think of? he's got any head and shoulders commercials. I don't know who you're thinking of. Look, NFL ain't Pretty my sure. game. Hmm. NFL ain't my game. It might be, I don't know. I don't know him on any of them, but I don't pay attention that much, but this guy big head. So you, he's the color commentator on the NFL. He's not the uh, play-by-play guy. Yeah. You know? hmm. Well, he's like the Dale Jr. of broadcasting. He doesn't call the play-by-play. He comments on what's going on. You know what I mean? Okay. Cool. Yeah, like the Jerry the King Lawler to the Jim Ross. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a uh, good little bit to talk about this week. Where do you want to go first, man? Um, I actually have a question. So when you get new shoes, do they make you walk faster? I don't think so. Why? Okay. So <clears throat> Jessica got me uh, a pair of Brooks, like the neon green ones that I posted I about. I really, really like Brooks. That's see, that's my I, go-to Disney World shoe. See, I had never heard of them until like realizing that I was starting to have feet pain and stuff. So I was started asking everybody, like at work, like, "What do you guys? What pair of shoes do you guys use?" And you know, I belong to some Walmart and associate Facebook stuff, and I asked on there, and everybody was like, "Oh, you need to get a pair of Brooks. They're pretty expensive, mm-hmm. but like they're worth it." So I'm like, "All right." So Jessica got me. Uh, got me a pair for my birthday, and ever since, dude, it's wild. Like I walk ten times faster in my Brooks. Yeah, the pair I, I have one pair of Brooks and one pair of On Clouds, and I, I thought that the On Clouds were really comfortable, but then I got the Brooks. Yeah, and the this I don't know what it's called, but this particular style of Brooks I have, it's like the entire heel is like a cushion of air. Yeah. And it feels like you're you're walking on air. 
It really does. It's yeah. I have never been a shoe guy whatsoever. And I definitely ain't like a Jordan guy or anything like that. I just, shoes are not a style thing to me. Shoes are just something to cover your feet. So you don't have to walk around barefoot or anything. Right. I don't care. Shoes are just close. It's like, I don't, I don't obsess over socks. I don't obsess over shoes. It doesn't matter. It's just something to cover my feet. I never like paying over about 30 or $40 for a pair of shoes. I hate it. Yeah. But then I got the Brooks and the Enclaves mm-hmm. and like, I, I get this. I don't get the Jordans and I don't get the style of it all. I don't understand. I don't, that doesn't, that doesn't compete with me to people that do, do really get into that. Cool. Go for it. Do what you want to do. I'm, you're never going to compete with me for a pair of, you know, over three or $400 pair of Jordans. Right. Yeah. I'm never going to be one to jump in line for that. But this $150 pair of Brooks, knowing what they're going to feel like. Yeah. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll go for that. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, it's crazy. Cause like I, I recognize, I guess the old shoes that I was wearing, I was like slumped over. <laughs> Felt like uh <laughs> not like Eeyore. You know, like here guys, I'm here, I'm here to do my shift. And now when I'm wearing my my brooks, like I feel like I walk like taller. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not so much hunched over <laughs> and like gotta, gotta skip I, your step. I, yeah, and like to a point where everyone's calling me turbo because it, <laughs> it just looks like I'm compared to what I normally walk like, it's like I'm walking very briskly is that a word briskly good job okay thank thank you um (laughs) third grade's really panning out for me uh but yeah so like it's it's almost like i'm power walking everywhere i go and everyone's like dude ethan why are you like why are you running to you know around the store and stuff and i'm like guys i'm not i'm just walking like i have really long legs and nice pair of shoes now so (laughs) you should do the uh santana Santino, I'm sorry, Santino Morella power walk while you do it. Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. I'd probably trip and fall. I'm surprised I haven't tripped over these shoes because they're like like Ryan Blaney neon green. <laughs> and like every time I, I take a step, I see them out from under my my eyes. Out from under my eyes. Uh, okay, well, you did go with briskly. I don't know. I can't. I can't save you here. Out uh, <clears throat> in my peripheral vision. In the corner of your eye. Yeah, the corner. Of your no, eye. like in the bottom of my eye. <laughs> like, because I'm walking and I like there's a couple times where I'm like, oh, gosh, thinking I'm about to step on something. So I trip over nothing. I literally don't like I don't trip, but like I'm about to fall over my shoes. So like trying to get them, trying to get used to these things are crazy did when you got did did you just go to a store and pick them out and buy them or did you go to some place where somebody would help you find the right pair no um we ordered them offline oh that's bold okay and you have no idea what sizes or anything when you just order a brand new type of shoe online like that yeah i got my first pair we went to a store and there was a guy there helping and everything. And I actually wound up getting some insoles also to go inside the Brooks yeah. to kind of help my posture. And I was, I was curious to know if you were still the same size because yeah. I went up a full size. Oh, wow. like 
I, I normally am about an 11. I went up to a 12 in a Brooks. Yeah, I think I'm at either a 12 or a 13 in Brooks, but I was a little worried about it, but like, I like my shoes really snug. Like, if they're like a little too big, like I feel like clown clown shoes, but these these fit perfectly fine. Um, well, welcome everybody to the the footwear podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, go to Disney World shoes. So you can I, you can walk your fifty or sixty miles in your five or six days at Disney World, and you're perfectly fine. The only thing hurting maybe is your legs, and you're tired, but your feet are perfectly fine. Yeah, I never, might uh, never had an issue for Kansas Speedway for NASCAR races. I normally wear my all red Under Armour running shoes, and I I always feel perfectly fine. Like never, my feet are never a problem. My back's never a problem when I'm wearing those. But I kind of want to try those those Brooks this year, but I'm not sure. I might stick to what I know, which is the Under Armour shoes, but. Enough of that about that. How how was your week, dude? Dude, we you took up ten percent of the podcast talking about shit. Hey, I I simply just had a question, man. Like <laughs> I know I chimed in a lot of it too because I like some Brooks. Um uh I guess um, my week was fine. It was a little wet in Daytona, but yeah, my week was fine. All the fun stuff I ended up getting pushed all the way to Monday. Yeah. Yesterday, as we record, I would have called out. You would have called out. Yeah. Well, see, my my day usually ends at around three o'clock, so I'm usually home by four. So I don't. And the race started at three thirty my time, so I didn't think I was going to be missing too much of it. But yeah, we had some issues at work. Some some things didn't go the way they're supposed to, and it made me stay a little bit later. And I didn't get home till five thirty. Uh, is what it is. I got to discover MRN Radio on a local radio station. So, oh, there you go. I haven't listened to MRN Radio call a race in years, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I was, you know, one thing I did notice though, they make it way more exciting than TV does. Did I? I know that they do. Like that's pretty cool though. When I saw that in the chat, I was like, you know, I don't know if I would be super upset. Like that, if I had to miss the Daytona 500, that's how I would want to. That's the setting I would want to be in. Is if I had the opportunity to listen to it on any sort of radio, like I would, I would do that. But um, I was supposed to work last night, and because the Xfinity race, I was all hyped up, and I wasn't going, so I didn't go. So (laughs) I watched the Xfinity race. So. with with my my issues out in the field where I am is that we don't have really good service, mm. and I have the Direct TV app, which is great, but I, if I don't have service to play that, I can't do it. Right. I had just enough service to refresh Twitter once in a while, so I would be listening to the race live as it was happening, and Twitter would be responding live as it was happening. I had no delay whatsoever, and um. Oh, wow. That would be how I would see the random replay of something, you know, or see like the images of what it looked like out there, you know, things like that. Like, yeah, it would happen on there and I'd be constantly refreshing the feed as best I could. It just wasn't strong enough to play a video. But 
when it did get strong enough to play video, I noticed very quickly, uh, MRN is, if you've never listened to NASCAR on radio, you're probably thinking, how in the world can you do that? Especially a place like Daytona where they're two and three wide. Obviously, they're not explaining absolutely everything that's happening at Daytona and Talladega in a two or three wide pack. You know, you can't do that. But they're saying the top line, the middle line, bottom line. They're saying what corner they're in. They're saying who's leading the packs, who's leading the lines, who's inching ahead. And it's amazing some of the calls that they have. They are non, it's like they split up the racetrack into four different parts and you have one person calling each turn. And when they're in packs like that, it's easy to do, you know, cause they'll, they'll come, they'll come to the, off the start away from the start finish line, hand to turn one. Now the turn one guy picks it up and they carry it all the way to turn through turn two. Now the backstretch guy picks up. And he carries it all the way to turn three. Now turn three guy picks up. And he carries it all the way to turn four. Then the front stretch guy picks it up. And they carry it all the way to the start finish line. And it, it, they do that every lap. Nobody talks over That's each great. other. They have a cadence that they do. They have a kind of like a sound signal. Like they'll trail off. Like uh, see if I can uh, explain how it, how it happens. It's like like. Now, coming off a of turn two, the packs, uh, the top line is pulling away. Here comes Jimmy Johnson. Here comes Jeff Gordon, whatever, all the way down the back straight away into turn three. And then turn three, you pick up right after that. Huh. You know, it's it's so unique and they do such a good job at it. But they're nonstop. When they talk, it's like they don't take a breath. It's like action nonstop. And then I I flipped it over to the, the TV uh, on the direct TV app when I got enough service. and listen to Mike joy and here's the car on the outside pulling up ahead. And he was like, Oh my God, I'm going to fall yeah. asleep watching on TV. <laughs> I'm going to just mute it and turn MRN radio up. Yeah, it's insane. Well. The difference. Well, how, how are you able to watch it? Were you, you were questioning where it was and stuff like that. Were you able to see it? Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, Oh, so the reason I was questioning it was because it wasn't popping up on my TV guide uh, from Sunday. So I went back and I was like, I, I get so confused with the whole we race in Florida. So the race is at four. But in reality, for us, it would be three. Or if they're in California, I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know. I have no idea about all that stuff. So I try to do some research and try to figure out what time it will start in kansas you know so i will look up my tv guide and it didn't say anything about the xfinity race it didn't say nothing about the cup race and i was like oh man like is it a, is it on peacock like what's you know whatever and uh no it was just when it started that's when it appeared on my tv guide and not mm -hmm. you know the day that they announced it uh so i was like oh no so thank god for the nascar app it, you know it keeps you pretty updated and stuff like that so uh, just had to do some Google, like what time is it in Daytona Beach, Florida? Mm. And then, you know, try to figure it out that way. But no, I, I figured it out. I watched it on TV. Um, what the trucks Xfinity, well, trucks Daytona 500 and then Xfinity later that night. So yeah, I'm glad you were able to somewhat enjoy it, even though you were at work. Um, just, just a quick reference. If you ever see a time and it says ET or EST, subtract an hour. That's you. Just subtract one hour. 
is Daytona on Eastern? It is, but they'll it, it actually cuts off at the Alabama Georgia line. So yeah, once you cross into like I don't know where exactly it cuts off in the middle of the state in Tennessee and, and on up like that. I'm not sure where exactly it cuts off up that way, but I know where I am. When you cross into Georgia, you're Eastern. And when you come back, you're in central. That's how, I mean, that's how I know. Did you know we were like state roommates for a while? I lived in Georgia and you lived in Alabama. <laughs> That's where'd cool. you live in Georgia? Like Marietta. Okay. Okay. I've been how through there. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I definitely know I've uh, been through Marietta. That's awesome. But it's, it's just not like a place. I, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's not like a place I go to. It's a place that I pass yeah. through to get to where I'm going. So I can't really tell you exactly where it is i probably passed through there in a truck plenty of times yeah i totally worked at a gas station there not to get off subject (laughs) or whatever but i used to work at a gas station in marietta and it was like every single customer that walked in i was like yep this is where i die (laughs) this is where i die (laughs) like every single customer it was amazing (laughs) um the customers sometimes feel that way too by the way no joke i'll tell you (laughs) There's some there's some gas stations I walk in just in Kansas City and I'm like, hmm, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. So, yeah, no, I get it. Uh, I had that experience in Atlanta this past. Uh, we were we were at that that concert. I think I remember telling you yeah. about it. The, yeah, uh, the George Strait, uh, Little Big Town, Carrie Underwood, Willie Nelson concert. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Goodness. Um, yeah, we had that that little experience after the concert was over, <laughs> trying to find something to eat, and we just said, well, "Let's just pile up on some gas station junk and, you know, go from there. Get a bunch of jerky and junk like that, it's just so we have some substantial to eat." So, yeah, yeah, we had one of those instances. <laughs> oh, I feel <laughs> that. It's like people hanging out with, like, I went to the gas station, not even thinking about it, and people were like. Some of our, our friends that were with us are like hanging out with me in the gas station, just trying to make sure I'd be okay. <laughs> was was it actually in Atlanta or was it in Hampton? Oh yeah, it's in Atlanta. Oh okay, so, it's just yeah. I mean the 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 concert was at the um, Mercedes Benz Dome. Oh oh okay, I thought you were yeah. at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, and, that was and for the was, monster trucks. Yeah, that was the monster trucks. Gotcha. About a year ago, yeah. now I think, or was it? Is it two? Two years ago. I think it was two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, I think it was two years ago. Man, time's flying. Um, speaking you. of time flying, we're twenty-two <laughs> minutes into this podcast, and we still ain't talked about Daytona Five Hundred. Woohoo! Look at us go. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna, gonna put a rate quick... delay out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, go ahead and uh, if you want to go run down some of the uh, other races real quick, just real quick because you probably will know a little bit more about them than I do. And um, then we'll take a break and we'll start talking about the 500. What do you think? 
All right, yeah, dude. Let's uh, start it off with the truck series at uh, Kansas. Good look at me. Yeah, I, maybe mm-hmm. maybe a rain delay is what we need right now. Uh, Nick Sanchez wins the truck series race at Daytona, the season opener, in a wild finish. Um, that was funny. I was I was I thought you know that they started that early enough that I, I'd be able to watch the entire thing before going to work. Uh, Ryan Bollinger, he. You know, he's been messaging me all week long. Same way with Joe and Jordan from Stolen Gimmicks. Um, just kind of asking me like times and, and you know, who they should be watching and stuff like that. And I kind of got through qualifying, no problems. I uh, got through uh, the duels on Thursday, no problem. Uh, There's the last one kind of cut it a little close, but this truck race. My goodness, I did not think that we were going to get that done. Uh, these trucks were so aero sensitive that you could tell oh. how just out of control everybody was. Yeah. I mean, look, people want to gripe about that series and how inexperienced everybody is and stuff. Well, that's the point of the series is to get experience. This is like the cheapest type of national touring series NASCAR there is that races on these super speedways. Other than Arca, I guess, if you count Arca. But this is the cheapest version of it. And they put these poor guys in and girls, these poor guys and girls in these trucks that just, I don't remember them ever being that unstable. My they, goodness. They looked like they were wrecking every time they went through a corner. If there was, if, if yeah. they were two by two, every one of them were like saving the car every lap. I mean, it's a right. miracle they didn't wreck more than they did. They had, what, nine, ten cautions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's. I think they actually had 12 cautions hmm. uh, throughout the entire uh, the entire race. But, yeah, Ryan was like, man, this, is, this race is never going to end. And I'm like, well, I sure hope it does because I, I absolutely hate starting a race. And then having to go to work and not knowing, not watching, you know, the last bit of the race and stuff. So like that, oh man, that was, I knew that was going to be terrible, but uh knew that there was going to be a, a big massive wreck. And sure enough on the last lap, um, who was that? Oh yeah. Tanner. Yeah. Was it Tanner or Tanner? Flying over everybody. Um, I'm yeah. Sure one of the, was. one of the grays, uh, Tanner gray or his brother, um, I think it was a 15. I'm not sure, but I think it whichever was. brother, whichever brother f- like flipped, he landed on his brother. <laughs> I think it was the 15 that flipped and landed on the 17 or the 17 flipped and landed on the 15. Um, that was kind of cool. I'm like, Hey, I, I got you brother. Um, it, it wasn't actually <laughs> that bad of a crash. The dude flipped and he just softly landed on another truck. That was fine. Yeah, it was uh, no real hard impacts. <laughs> Yeah. Um, t- Nick Sanchez, I believe, is racing for Rev Racing or whatever that that sister company to what used to be Kyle Busch Motorsports, now Spire, is. So I'm excited for uh, Nick Sanchez. I want I watched him win uh, uh, ARCA series race at Kansas Speedway, I think, last season or two years ago. Um, speaking of Xfinity... The race was delayed until Monday night. After the Daytona 500, Austin Hill wins his third race at Daytona International Speedway. So that was in pretty a row, cool. right? Uh, yeah, in a row. 
which is pretty stellar, uh, especially for RCR uh, Xfinity. Um, some other things: SVG Shane Van Gisbergen failed to qualify for the ARCA race at Daytona. Do not let that be. Um, oh, SVG, we can't do it. No, it's it's a whole different thing at Daytona mm-hmm. and Talladega yeah. versus you know a street course or or even an oval. So I wouldn't put too much thought into that. Uh, it's qualifying at Daytona Talladega is 99% car. 100. Yeah. I mean, 100%. Yeah. Um, so don't any SVG fans that are listening, don't, don't get discouraged. Yeah. That was just a one time off thing. He was even raced in the Xfinity series. He got caught up in a wreck a couple times, but nevertheless, yeah, he, and I, he got caught up in some, somebody else's mess too, didn't he? Or yes, he did. I don't know how that went. Uh, I think twice. Honestly, uh, I didn't get to watch the Xfinity so race, but you know, pretty cool. Him and uh, Jeff um, Burton got together, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. Um, other than that, we have one little piece of news, and we can get right into the uh, qualifying duels and Daytona 500. Yeah, go for it. What about Honda? Here's a name we haven't said ever. Uh, Honda remains in talks with the possibility of joining NASCAR. As Steve O'Donnell says, negotiations to add a fourth OEM are heating up. That's different. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, it is what it is. They're not, I don't know. Once Toyota got in, it's just kind of like, whatever. Um, I feel like Nissan would be more fun to bring in than Toy- uh, Honda, personally. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I hate that Dodge isn't in talks. Because that's a historic name in NASCAR and my favorite brand. Right. Personally. So I hate that Dodge isn't in the talks, but I mean, it's whatever. It's just another team to split up the Chevys. Yeah. Um, my lawnmower. Oh, well, I don't have it. I don't have that lawnmower anymore, but my lawnmower used to be a Honda. Um, I, they're good lawnmowers. I don't really necessarily know about vehicles. Um, I've never raced a Honda either. Yeah. Like I've raced Dodges. I've raced Chevys. I've raced uh, Mazdas. I've raced Toyotas. I've raced Subarus. I've never raced a Honda. Huh. Um, I don't know. I, I can't foresee myself saying, all right, Kyle pushing that RCR number eight Honda. Well, that's not going to happen. Oh, now. my gosh. Could you imagine that? Yeah. It, it'll be somebody that it, it's basically an opportunity for all these teams to uh, to ne- renegotiate their contracts and get more money, pretty much. Yeah. Like, we'll go to Honda unless you pay us a lot more money for running Chevrolets or Fords or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's crazy. Um, it's been Chevy Ford Toyota for so long. I wouldn't mind Dodge coming back. I just, I don't I know. Love it. I don't know. I think honestly, even though Kyle Busch is a Chevy driver, I feel like I'm just always going to be driving a Toyota just because they're so reliable. I don't know why I decided I, to tell you. Yeah, that, but I haven't had a Toyota as a uh, personal car, so. I wouldn't know, but that Toyota was the best race car I had. 
I'll say that. Yeah. It won it won my uh fourteen or fifteen heat races and four features. So that's crazy. Um no five features. I'm sorry, five features. <clears throat> I gotta clarify, we got that extra win out there. Yeah, no joke, dude. I got it. <laughs> um any other news? Was that it? No, that's it. After the well, break, we can go into who sat on the pole and the duels and the 500. Um, I do have one little bit of something that I saw floating around there because I think Chevrolet is getting rid of the Camaro real soon. Mm. Um, like just like like Ford's the only one basically that's going to be making all V8 rear wheel drive combustible combustible engine cars right mm-hmm. the mustang staying but for some reason dodge is getting rid of the charger and the challenger and chevrolet is getting rid of the camaro and i think corvette's even going to be in its own brand one day it's going to be a corvette and then the, the different models of corvette instead of a chevrolet corvette a corvette viper uh that you're well, you're, you're mixing dodge and chevy there. well yeah sure. i'm using that as like as a, I, I don't know, the Corvette mm-hmm. Cougar. Yeah, yeah. It, basically, <laughs> you're mixing something else. But yeah, you, you got the idea. You got the idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, So they're talking about Chef, uh, GM not using the Corvette name or definitely can't use a Camaro, probably not even using the Chevy name anymore, but using the Cadillac brand. <laughs> okay. You want Cadillac and NASCAR, man? Dude, I don't know. Aren't they in MSA? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I didn't think Cadillac was even still a thing anymore. I, I guess I more luxury, I but yeah. I remember I, I, I took my grandma's Cadillac for for a little spin a few times, but it was pretty spacey in them. Is that if is that what am I talking about? What am I thinking? You probably are talking oh, about an old Cadillac, but I'm talking like about a newer, Buick. A Buick. Yeah, that's the. Uh, Never mind. That's the poor man's Cadillac. Man, I'll uh, tell you, it's spacey in those Buicks. <laughs> uh, another GM product, by the way, Buick. Maybe they'll bring Buick back. That'd be neat. I'd love to see that Buick back in NASCAR. If they're going to get rid of the. The, uh, if GM's getting rid of the Chevy Camaro brand, it'd bring back the Buick. That would be neat. Anyway. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's been a while since, I think, probably since 90. Mm-hmm. Since there's been a Buick in NASCAR. Or maybe 91. Oldsmobile. All that kind of stuff. I don't even know if they make Oldsmobile. I don't think they do. Yeah. Um, I know they don't make Pontiac. But anyway, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the 500 and all those... Uh, races that led up to that uh before we uh hear from our podcast friends uh talk about skinnymixes.com highly recommend everything on their website they uh a lot of coffee syrups a lot of drink mixes a lot of water enhancers most of it all is uh sugar-free zero calorie low carb all that all that good stuff and it doesn't affect the taste at all i have five or six flavors opened up right now for coffee and i use it every morning so does my wife so uh, can't really recommend it enough. We've been doing it for like two years now. And uh, if you go to the website, find something you like, you're going to find something you like with all the flavors, all the many, many options they have. Use code MARBLES at checkout and get 10% off your first order at skinnymixes.com. 
The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. Hey, we're live, pal, and we'd love for you to come check out our podcast, Tales from the Estate. Each week, we talk about our top five favorite somethings. My beautiful wife, Caitlin, likes to share all sorts of random facts. Yeah. Did you know that cows have accents? We did now. But we also review all sorts of snacks and other great things. And so if you love everything random, I think you'd enjoy Tales from the Estate. So come check us out. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hi, I'm AJ. I'm Tyler. And I'm Ryan. And we're Three Brews Podcast. We're a show where us three brothers sit down to talk about brews and everything else. Check out our website, threebrewspodcast.com, and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. All right, so we have the duels to talk about real quick, and then we'll go on into the Daytona 500. Yeah, so if you were watching, if you were following along with Speed Week, uh, you would have saw Joey Logano won the poll for the Daytona 500. If you listened to Three Brews Podcast or this show last week, you would have known that Joey Logano was sitting on the poll. Um, <laughs> my God, whatever. I, I'm not a Joey Logano fan. I'm, you know, I don't have any jokes lined up today because <laughs> I just woke up right before we started recording so uh no i thought the duels were pretty interesting um especially mm-hmm. duel number two or i guess it was duel number one yeah duel number one was pretty interesting uh tyler reddick and christopher bell wins both the duels uh thought that was pretty interesting versus what when we were recording last week we were watching qualifying we had to finish qualifying on our own after the recording but we left that recording thinking toyotas were just whew, they had a lot to work with you know yeah, they had a by lot themselves to, uh, yeah by themselves they were not good but they were racing yeah they got in the draft and my goodness they changed they made me feel stupid for sure i was like oh my gosh here we are in the show kind of well toyotas better figure it out you know they sure did they they uh, figured it out in the duels very quickly. Both Toyotas uh, of Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick winning their duels. So we had a Ford front row. We had a Toyota second row. Um, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, but when it comes down to it, Daytona 500 pushed off until Monday. Um, it's not NASCAR season if we aren't talking about rain delays and weather inclement weather and all that stuff so my gosh man i i hear uh, we might be talking about it next weekend too oh no <laughs> that's what i heard oh, i haven't on, looked dude. at it myself but on sunday somebody tweeted uh oh i know i just looked at the forecast for atlanta 
man, you know, and maybe it's a good thing, right? So, like, we've been hyping up the Daytona 500 for months now. NASCAR has been doing, a, I think, uh, this year alone has been doing a fantastic job promoting, you know, whether it's on WWE, whether it's on college um uh, uh, college basketball like the the little commercials that they run i thought they did a really good job plus getting the rock who might be the most talked about human being in mm-hmm. the world right now besides taylor swift yeah especially when it comes to like pro wrestling and the the whole vegas thing and the heel run that he has i thought that was really awesome uh, uh maybe um, it's just ufl for- too don't forget about the ufl it's starting up soon yeah uh maybe it was just uh, perfect timing, but I thought that was way better than what I thought. I really did think that The Rock was going to come and do his his little, you know, just say driver start your engines. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to say. Don't do the whole crybaby thing. That doesn't, you know, that's a whole different world. But I thought, I really thought he was going to bring the heelish rock over to nascar and i was just i was like oh my gosh this is not okay because like a lot of people don't listen you know don't watch wwe but i've noticed there's a lot of pro wrestling fans that are nascar fans and vice versa so he i thought the rock did an awesome job i absolutely despise the rock as a pro wrestler but i think he as a human being he is top notch amazing um so that was you know, pretty cool you know there's a bigger celebrity walking pit road Pitbull? Even bigger than the no, bigger than Pitbull, bigger than the Rock. Uh, it was the man, Rowdy Burns. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Not on TV, but I saw no. that on, on Wasn't on TV, Twitter. but he was definitely walking around. Yeah. In his Days of Thunder number fifty one jacket, which I want. I don't know where the heck he got it. Probably something custom made. But, I mean, he's not even publicizing the dudes walking around Pit Road at Daytona. Dude, yeah. we got to have a Days of Thunder, too. Yeah. I, well, I noticed Days of Thunder was on uh, Paramount after after the Daytona 500 last night. So, I was like, oh, it's, cool. It's for free on my YouTube also. I think it has something to do with a, uh, a plan that I'm part of with uh, my parents. Yeah. So, yeah, it's neat. I have it on Blu-ray also, but... but so you're actually able to just jump in and watch Days of Thunder now? Uh, I mean, as long as it's playing, you know. If, if you it was, see it, you I don't know if you've actually sat down and watched the whole movie yet. I have. You have? I thought last yeah. time you said that you hadn't. Yeah. No, I, I sat down and that was the first time I ever watched the movie. But I sat down and watched the entire movie. Okay. All right. My favorite racing movie of all time. Oh, I, I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I didn't get to watch the first half. I got to listen mm-hmm. to the first half. I did notice that in the first half, uh, thanks to these stage breaks, which I feel like they really need to drop at super speedways, there's no reason whatsoever to throw a caution and have everybody stop and mix the field, you know, pack the field back up when they are pretty much all packed up the whole time anyway. Yeah. It's kind of pointless. Just let the race naturally play out the way it's going to play out at super speedways. You're running a pack. What does it matter? Right. Um, I understand if mile and a half, she want to get everybody strung back together or, you know, or whatever. I understand that because the whole track can get covered and spread out and 
Next thing you know, you only have five people in the league lap. I get that. And that, yeah. Go ahead. And honestly, that was that was really apparent at the truck series. Like, man, they would like they would let them run. They they would wreck, and they would have like a green white checkered or like yeah. a one lap to go in stage one. So you get up to speed. You're not even fully up to speed. You take the you take the green and white checkered or the green and white flag. You make one circuit around, and then it's the they stop them again, they rebundle them, and it happened again. It was like three laps ago in stage two. I'm like, just why are we doing this? Like that's so. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's it's manufacturing drama, and yeah. I get that for the stage points. I totally get that. I just don't feel like we need to have everybody stop. Yeah, just let the let on super speedways just let the race go, and these stage cautions the way they dropped, they were in fuel windows. So you had some people out there running half throttle in packs, and the pack was going 175 miles an hour, and then you had some people that pitted uh, later than everybody else, and they're running 195 in a pack. Yeah. So then you had 195 mile an hour packs chasing down the 175 mile an hour packs. And then blowing their doors off. Right. When they pass them, you know, it's just, it's a weird thing. And I, I heard Denny Hamlin wasn't happy about it. I, he was aggravated. It's like, we're just running half throttle logging laps. We're not racing. Yeah. Kyle Bush was pretty apparent about it too. But like, I mean, when they were doing the inside, uh, the in car camera, you could tell that people like Bubba Wallace were only doing 37% throttle through the mm-hmm. at Daytona. Yeah. That's wild. They were bro. they were running at at one point there were packs running as fast as I've driven a car at Talladega. <laughs> right. Like I drove it with 172 miles an hour. That was my clock speed. They were driving the pack at 175. Like what is Oh this? my god. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not slow. 175 is not slow in relation to what we do uh you know personally in our lives, but it is at Daytona. Yeah, and the record pole sitting speed is two oh nine, and in the pack they can run up to one ninety five to one ninety seven somewhere in there. It's just oh man, but that after stage two, that all they that got done away with. They mm-hmm. I don't feel like they were saving any fuel after stage two. No, I don't think so either. Because I mean, it was at the point of the race where everybody had to come in for fuel at least. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of after stage two, it was more of a, okay, well, I'm going to very slowly start taking off my gloves and I'm going to white knuckle this, you know, here in about 50 laps or so. It was kind of a, I'm, you know, for, for the people that this might've been their first race watching, it could be, you know, Jordan Cassatt because, you know, the fantasy cup, it could have been Joe or Ryan or Ty or any of those people that are here with the fantasy cup for the first time. I'm glad that the weather was a, was an issue because now they understand our pain when it's like, <laughs> it's NASCAR season. Okay, cool. Oh, but it's raining. And you know, there's going to be times where you have to wait until Wednesday to watch the race. you know, like, Oh my gosh, football. We get so, you know, we get so, um, yeah, they play in anything just about. Yeah. Like, 
that or you know they have domes that you know mm-hmm. they can just put the ceiling on i wish that was a that was a situation for nascar um but what was i talking about what what the what was my point <laughs> I, I, I forgot what my point was um i don't know i have um, no idea <laughs> how about this we picked uh you picked kyle bush and i yes. picked Austin Cindric. um I feel like it's ex- it's exactly what we picked in 2022. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we both had shots to win there. And there was one point, one point in that race where they were running, instead of running like like middle and low lanes, because there's three lanes at Daytona. If they make four cars, if they make four cars go side by side, I don't know where they found that fourth lane, but there's only three lanes at Daytona. Yeah. You know, top, middle, bottom. And they don't usually run three by three by three by three. They did for a little bit to what about like 40, 50 laps to go yeah. in the race. But that's usually about when this junk picks up about like 150, 160. That's when you start seeing that kind of racing. But there was one point after halfway where it was, they were running the top and middle lane and nobody was on the bottom. So that right. middle lane was pushing that top lane nearly into the wall every single lap. Yeah. And our drivers were one, two beside each other. Cendric mm-hmm. on the inside of Kyle Busch. And I swear that two car, the air coming off of Kyle Busch's car, I felt like that two car wrecked about four or five times beside mm-hmm. Kyle Busch. He just didn't ever wreck. He's just like, he's, like, he wrecked four or five times. He just never spun out. Oh, you! I had all four of my eyes uh, glued <laughs> on that TV. I said, "Okay, number two, like, don't make me hate you." <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's it's the air doing it, but that whole top line was, or that whole middle line was, so close to the top line. Yeah. Like they were so close, they could have fit two lines underneath. Yeah, and I was, didn't understand why they were racing that way. <laughs> I don't know. I noticed that too. I actually immediately texted Ryan. I was like, man, they're only like maybe an inch off the wall. Like this is insane. This is yeah. really good racing. An inch like, off the wall. And then the middle lane is an inch off the top line. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It really, it kind of started feeling like a, like a Darlington almost, mm-hmm. you know, how, it, like, like how they, or an older school Daytona. Yeah. My goodness. I was, I don't know. I was sitting there watching it. I was like, just watching the inside lane go from the yellow line all the way up to an inch off of the third lane. (laughs) I was like, holy crap, they're really using up all their tires for one. And they're, you know, this is insane. And I, at first I thought it was just, you know, the inside lane couldn't hold their lane. I'm like, no, dude, they're doing this on purpose. Like, yeah. What in the world? <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Oh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. Just the talent on some of these guys. And even towards the end when everybody wrecked and stuff, you could see there was so much talent with all that because. Right. Um, okay. So our guys kind of got shuffled around. Um, Kyle Bush wound up having to serve a penalty in the pits. But then like five laps later, he was second place. Yeah. Because that's higher. Yeah, this is wild. Yeah. But, I mean, it's wild. Like, all of a sudden, they went to commercial, and they come back, he was in second. Yeah, I was watching them through that whole commercial break, and I was sitting there, and I was like, 
man, that just ruined our, I was trying really hard not to be upset. And then when I saw like, there was no damage, there was really, I was like, Oh, he must've, you know, he might've been something or something. And he was just coming right back up to the field. And I'm like, okay, well, we're fine. We're good. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, the Chevys were actually pretty strong. They were very strong. Yeah. For, for a manufacturer that didn't change anything. You know, they, they had, I mean, I, you know, each of the manufacturers had their strong points. Ford was really good. They stayed up front most of the race. Uh, Penske did anyway. Um, RFK kind of hung out in the back and then they made their way to the front. Um, towards the end of it. And, you know, Toyota was real racy with, uh, Gibbs. And I guess that's about it. Legacy really didn't do anything. Um, yeah, I mean, every manufacturer had their own thing going. Yeah. You know, I mean, even, even the non Hendrick Chevys were doing good. You had Corey LaJoy, you had track house, all them guys were doing really good too. Yeah. I think, uh, everybody, especially in the fantasy cup has that one question. Um, they, how does it feel? Which I know it's, it's literally happened to me so many times where the, the driver that you picked to win the Daytona 500 or (laughs) gets wiped out by your actual favorite race car driver. No, that's the opposite. That's the opposite that happened. Well, okay. So uh, I will explain why it's the opposite. I am defending Chastain over Cedric here. I mean, do you want me to explain what happened there? Go ahead. Okay. Well, this is the last lap we're talking about. We're not even talking about the big one, but, the last lap, Corey LaJoy knocks the mess out of Austin Cindric, knocks him below the apron, like below the white line or yellow line, whatever. So he's on the apron now. Chastain, huge push from the 48, like massive push. He's about to take the lead and win the race. That's pretty much what's going to happen here. This Chastain has already led the last 18 laps of this race, and he lost it with two to go. And that outside line is pushing back as hard as they can. And Chastain's got all the momentum in the world. He's making that pass. I mean, he shoots down low like that when the 24 blocks him. He's making that pass. And he did the exact right thing he needed to do. The problem is that two is wrecking. That two come back up on the track and knock the mess out of the one. If he had missed the one he probably would have wrecked somebody else. He probably would have kept going and hit somebody else and caused another big wreck. And at that point, the one would have already been out in front of the 24 and the one would have run the race. But that's not how it worked because he hit the one. But yeah, if you go back and look at it, and Cendric and Chastain actually talked about this. There's a video of them talking about it. Because um, Chastain thought that he did that. He, he thought, um, I thought, I thought I had it clear. I made a move to win a Daytona 500 on the on the white flag. I thought I had that. And Austin said, dude, I was wrecking. I came up and knocked a mess out of you. I was wrecking. The seven wrecked me. That, and that's what caused all that. He's like, I didn't even know you were getting wrecked. That's what Chastain said. So if those two drivers see it that way, I'm going to see it that way. You know, I'm not blaming Chastain for that. By no means. But... Yeah, the two is the one that took the one out, in my opinion, not the one take. But it was not malicious. It was straight up. It, the dude's wrecking. Right. You know, and it's the last lap coming to the white flag for the Daytona 500. You know, he's not going to lift. 
he's not going to get out of it and let everybody have it. He's going to do everything he can. If he comes up there and bumps somebody and, and winds up getting it straight, then cool. You know, you have to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think there's anybody to blame in that situation. Um, no, I don't. Oh, well, Cedric blames LaJoy, but other than that, no. Like the way I look at it, if there's a hole, there's a goal. And there was a goal to win the Daytona 500. And Ross Chastain did what he was supposed to. Austin Cedric was oh, yeah. trying to do what he was supposed to. It's fine. Everything's fine. We're not in fire anymore. So, um, yeah. Man, what? I was so excited. The end of that race, when, because Chastain hadn't really led all day long. Yeah. He just never got up there. He The best he did was like, what, a second or third place finish in stage one? Mm. Something like that. Um, So that's like the best he got. And it was like after pit stops. Well, this was after pit stops too. And with about 18 to go, that line he was in did such a good job slowing down the line coming at them. He wound up being all out in front by himself in front of rows of three for a little yeah. bit. He pretty much led the last 18 laps of that race. And mm. he was he was blocking everybody. And he just saw the runs coming. And he'd come up and jump in front of the run. I was watching it on TV. I knew exactly where those runs were coming because I have the you know, I was I was talking it out with my kids when we were sitting here watching. I was like, so there I I was watch. like all right, Chastain, you're going to have to move up off of two, off of two now. The, the 22 is going to get a run. He's getting a push. There you go. Oh, there you go. You go. Jump in front of the 22. Now, now here comes the inside. You're going to have to go to the inside and turn three. And then, I mean, he just went back and forth. He did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely perfectly. And then the six got such a run behind him off of that 22 pushing him. And he dived all, he dove all the way to the yellow line and the one couldn't, he was going to get wrecked if he didn't let him let it get off that yellow line. Right. So he moved off the yellow line. Next thing you know, Hendrick cars just knocked the mess out of the six and caused a big 30 car pile up. Behind them. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point I was like, Ross Chastain's going to win this race. He's like one of the few out there that don't have damage. He's going to win this race. And man, he almost did. Oh my gosh. I was screaming. Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> William Byron, he mm-hmm. wins the Daytona 500. Um, first time ever for him winning the Daytona 500. This is the first time in 10 years for Hendrick Motorsports. The last time Hendrick Motorsports won a Daytona 500 was with Dale Jr. in 2014. So pretty cool, um, especially to the day. Like their first, what was it? Their first Daytona 500? It was 40 years yeah, ago it was to 40 the years. day. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the day, it was February 19th, which was also uh, 2024 in the Marbles Fantasy Cup participant Matt Camper's uh, birthday. He did oh. not get the win, unfortunately. <laughs> um, his pick did not win. William Byron was not his pick, but uh, there was two people in our Fantasy Cup that did, some ran- uh, not randomly, but they did select William Byron to win that race. Caitlin Vinsel getting her second in the marbles fantasy cup win and after the disastrous season that she had last season in the fantasy cup uh this was a really good way to turn around and win the biggest race of the year she Double got points, her second win. yeah yeah uh and barry frost as well he's the third person in in the marbles fantasy cup history to win his debut it was you uh 2022 daytona 500 it was ryan austin last 
season and just Barry Frost winning the Daytona 500. Um, they both got only put one in- of them can do it first. <laughs> you know, only one person could do that first time. That's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was I'm like um, only one person that can do it. Do pull back. Oh, never mind. Okay, you get it. Whatever. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, but I don't know if I would speak too loudly because Mr. Barry Frost might have something for you. Uh, might have sent me to play for you on the show. So there I was. I'm entering the In the Marbles Fantasy Cup. And did you guys think that... <laughs> I mean, it's almost laughable. You thought this guy doesn't know NASCAR. He's not going to do nothing. Not one person sat there and thought, this is Hendrick Motorsports' 40th anniversary. I bet they're going to win. But I did. Okay, I did. That's what champions do. And then you see my overall pick. What do you finish? Fourth? Nobody did that. Nobody thought that was coming. Then, after it's over, after I'm celebrating my victory, Soda has the sheer audacity to get in the chat and say that Alex Oman won the race. Sir, Alex admitted in his post-race interview that Mr. Um, Billy Byron won. So if I was you and I was that upset and you were mad that I won, which (laughs) if you're mad that I won, sir, you're going to be mad all year because I I don't have any plans to really stop winning. You know what I mean? So... I would I would get out a piece of paper or maybe get a strongly worded email, send it to NASCAR, see if they write you back, and they're probably going to say, Soda, you're just going to have to get used to it because Barry Frost is your new champion. That was Barry Frost in victory lane, we may, we may say. Um, what are your, what's your thoughts, um, man? Well, I can address the uh, first off. We have a uh, in the Marbles Fantasy Cup group on Facebook. Has I've decided that I'm going to start opening up chats for the races. So if you yeah. want to participate, that if you're watching the races live, um, go to the chats on Facebook Messenger and look at our page, uh, the the Fantasy Cup page, not the main in the Marbles page, but the Fantasy Cup page, and jump in there. Let's talk about the race. You know, that's, yeah, absolutely. It's pretty neat. We haven't done that before, and uh, you know, for the people that do participate in, I think it's kind of neat, kind of fun. Um, before I want to talk about the Bowman thing real quick. Before I, I saw every angle I saw in car out of the out of the car, everything I saw said. It, it looked like Bowman's car was ahead of that 24 when like. And then I saw an, a tweet from NASCAR saying that the 24 crossed the start finish line first before the caution came out. 
And I'm thinking that's not what dictates the end of the race. You know, the end of the race is at moment of caution. And physically what we see at moment of caution is that in every, every in car camera, everything I've seen, it looked like the 48 was ahead of the 24. And NASCAR, I guess they scrounged up something. I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to take this in full faith that NASCAR is exactly right here. Um, I mean, there's no real reason why they would choose one Hendrick car over another. I feel like, right. You know, I don't understand why they would do that other than the driver specifically, but I really, I don't, I don't know. I just don't understand why they would do one way or the other. So, um, NASCAR then tweeted out later on about 30 minutes left after the end of the race, a picture that showed them just past the finish line and the yellow light on before like the flag got displayed or anything. And the 24 was ahead of the 48. Yeah. So just based on that one picture, you can't really do anything, but just go with what NASCAR says. Right. So, I mean, that's it pretty much. Um, there's nothing anybody can do about it. Byron won, yeah. uh, according to all the images that I've seen NASCAR put out, but every image that I see other people put out, it kind of looks like Bowman's the winner. But then there's also this caveat. I was like, well, it's actually when uh, NASCAR determines that the button has been pushed, not necessarily what the drivers see on the track. Right. Like, oh, that's ticky tack. Very. No, that's like, why would you not incorporate, if that's the case, and that's the case, but there's only one group of people that know about that, and that's NASCAR. Yeah. The drivers don't know about that. The crews don't know about that. The fans don't know about it. Nobody knows anything about that except NASCAR. Yeah. And that's said, if that rule is actually in effect, whether it, it was done perfectly this time or not, we, you know, we're going with what, what happened on the track, right? Mm -hmm. Or with the results, we're going with that final result. So I'm not contesting anything, you know, whatever. But if that is the rule you have an effect and that sets yourself, that, that will set yourself up for a lot of scrutiny down the road. You know, and actually this was really close to that. You know, did, did you kind of see what I saw? Uh, 100% I saw what, cause I was actually talking to Jessica about it, uh, right before, which is like, we, we did that like three or four times, uh, for the 500, like you would post something and then I would be in the middle of talking about it with Jess. Um, mm. and I said the exact same thing. I was like, <clears throat> you know what? I'm not sure. Maybe Alex Bowman won this race. And then that's when you hit that hit up the chat. I was like, okay, like soda and I are kind of on the same page, but yeah, I just, I was watching, uh, X very, very closely after, after the checkered flag, just to, just to see, cause I knew it was going to be really close. Uh, and then I saw that aerial visual where it's looking down, I think is what you're talking about. Um, it's one that NASCAR like, itself put out. Yeah. So, and they, they didn't wait, they did not waste any time getting that tweet out there. Uh, so I just, I saw that and I was like, okay, well, I mean, either way, I didn't have a dog in the fight, you know, um, mine yeah, was I didn't care finishing either. 12. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't care either. Uh, the one guy I really wanted to win got wrecked out by the one guy I picked. So, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, I was like, okay, a Hendrick guy over a Hendrick guy. I don't, 
I don't care. I was I, I almost tweeted that out or almost said that in the chat or whatever. I was like, for the record, I don't give a crap who wins this race because <laughs> it, they're both Hendrick. You know, yeah. I just you know, I do I do want to say all the trash talking Barry's doing. Okay, even after all that. I was thrilled to death when I saw that he won that race. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> That's and almost and I'm not gonna say after last year and the relationship we have with Tales from the Estate, I was more thrilled to death that Caitlin won too. Yeah, Caitlin. Yeah. My gosh, man! If there's anyone in this fantasy cup that deserves to win the Daytona 500, <laughs> it's Caitlin for and sure. A, and she wound up being the one to win the prize. So she did. I. I I did went Facebook live uh, earlier this morning and um, just because I was going to do it last night, but I was like, man, it's, it's a really late. I really doubt anybody would be jumping on and, and watching. So I kind of waited until everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they couldn't jump on and uh, watch with us. So uh, yes, Caitlin uh, won the 1981 Daytona 500 race version autographed Richard Petty diecast. I'm very, very excited about that. I had to take it out of the package to do the video. And I was like, my goodness, I, I really wish I would have won this race to keep this in my collection. Uh, but I'm very happy that it's going to Caitlin Binsel. Um, congratulations to Caitlin and Barry Frost for yeah. winning the Daytona 500 in our fantasy cup. And, and for the record, I, I think we would have been just as equally happy that the prize would have went to Barry. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, we don't we don't care. We don't have dogs in the fight. We don't have favorites right. of the groups. We don't. You know, everything that we do as far as like the prize pools, it's all luck of the draw. Right. And you guys are determining your own outcome. We're not right. we don't have any say whatsoever. But you know what? We now have five people in the all star race. Yes, we do. Yep. Oh we yes, we do. You, Justin. Uh, Drew, Caitlin, both of them two are in there, and Barry. Yeah. So, you know, it's shaping up. It I is. think we can get uh, up I'm, to about 22 or 24 before we have to start pulling duplicate numbers. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about it. Uh, this, obviously, I've said it a lot over, especially on Three Brews Podcast. This was the Super Bowl for NASCAR as my good friend, as if I know him personally, as my good friend, uh, Travis Kelsey would say, you got to fight for your uh, right. There we go. That party. <laughs> Moving That's on. That's about uh, as cringe as a Wendy's commercial in the middle of that. Do you, what? do you know what I'm talking about? You, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The you Wendy's commercial. Cringy? Yes. The, the Travis Kelsey thing was it cringy when i did it no uh, i mean oh, i can i was gonna say i can make it way it was, more cringier no the <laughs> the travis I kelsey know, after the super bowl i was like oh my gosh it's taking forever it's still going stop was that the viva you know? was it was that the viva las vegas one or was that the you gotta fight i think he Actually, did it's, the, it's the vegas you're right you're right yeah yeah. Right. Anyways, uh-huh. uh, William Byron wins the 2024 Daytona 500. Very excited. I, guess. I mean, I'm not really very excited, but I'm very, I'm excited that I'm not excited. Actually, I wish Kyle Busch would have won, and I'm, <laughs> I'm being a little hater about it. Hey, but I'm very. Happy. I was really excited for about eight, about 17 of those last 18 laps. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was more excited for the end of that Daytona 500 than I think I have been for the end of a 500 in a while. Like yeah. a good long time. Um, 
and I had my bush beer. Like my, I think it's probably my first real bush light beer. Yeah, and I had bought one just for that race. I cracked it open at, uh, and and it wasn't bad. You know, I I I got I got four of them. I'll I'll drink it. That's fine. I'll, yeah. I'll support the dude. And uh, I thought it's like, man, I'm gonna really watch this dude win the Daytona 500. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, um, you know, one thing mm-hmm. that Kyle Busch fans we always have to uh, say to ourselves: there's always next year. So, um, yeah. Before we talk anything about Atlanta, we'll probably just go into it a little bit. Before we talk anything about Atlanta, uh, one to ten, what, what do you give the Daytona 500 as a race? Ooh, uh, I would say, uh, I would say 7.5. I was going to go eight and a half, just personal feelings because of how it got me so into it at the end. Yes. You know, and there was some decent strategy played out, uh, some crazy racing. I think that was at one point with about 50 or 40 to go you were looking at the top and you saw like Justin Haley, Daniel Suarez, Corey LaJoy. You're like, Oh my God, they're all going to crash. Every one of them is going to crash. All these people up front. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody, somebody tweeted out. It's like most dangerous top four ever. Joey Logano, (laughs) uh, Ross Chastain, Brad Keselowski, Corey LaJoy. It's like, yeah, you're right. No joke. The most, (laughs) Yeah, you throw Daniel Suarez in there, you got a perfect five of uh, ingredients of making a terrible wreck happening. Um, but yeah, man, what do you uh, you want to get into Atlanta really, really fast? Yeah, sure. Uh, do you want to do the top five thing you have I mean, going on? It's kind of a. It's, I feel like it's kind of a staple at this point. We can just yeah, run we don't have it to go super fast. Yeah, we don't have to go real deep into it. Um, yeah. Have you got any honorable mentions for your top five things to watch do, going into Atlanta? I do not, no. I have one. Uh, honorable mention, uh, more chaos. Something to look more? at. Would yep. be, yeah, because Daytona can be chaos. And you saw it with about eight, uh, six laps to go or eight laps to go. And you saw it coming to the white flag. Daytona can be major chaos. Atlanta, this is the first time we've had back-to-back races that are going to be pretty similar. The new Atlanta is more chaos. So that's that's my honorable mention is more chaos. Uh, you want me to start with five and you can end it with your one? Um, or do you want me to go? That, or you go? Is that how we did it last? I think I ended up with the last number one. So you can... Yeah, have, usually, have, usually you end up with your last... Your last one. Okay. I mean, however, <laughs> however you want to do it, I don't care. Um, all right. Well, I'll go first and then you can be the last one. Um, my number five would be Joey Logano. Ooh. That that's somebody I feel like we need to watch because uh I heard that he led he spent more time up front than any other driver. More percentage of his race was up front than any other driver in the Daytona five hundred. And he won this race last year, the Atlanta race. So Logano's probably, and Penske's looking good right now. Logano's probably one that you're definitely going to need to look at. Yeah, cannot disagree with that. My number five is going to be, of course, none other than Kyle Larson. Um, 
I don't know. He's just not. Now, these top five tales to watch, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, watching this person trying to win the race. They might be, you know, wanting to watch this person just because he might be a, a moving chicane. Um, I'm not sure I would ever lump Kyle Larson in, in saying that he's a moving chicane anywhere he goes, but he he has this uncounter ability. Uncounter? Really? <laughs> Uncanny. Uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> uncanny ability to being he could go from a moving chicane half of the race and then he could be right up there battling for the win uh kind of like the coke 600 last season so i'm gonna say kyle larson i'm still trying to figure out in what sense to make him if whether he's going to be contending for a win or he might just be kind of in the way so it'll be really interesting Yep. Uh, my number four would be William Byron. And I mean, I know he just won the Daytona 500. You're like, well, he's not going to go back to back, right? Well, he might because the other Atlanta winner last year was William Byron. And yes. obviously that team has got some serious momentum going after last year being the winningest driver of the year and right off the bat winning this year. Um, from now on, they are they're in let's have fun mode. They're not in playoff mode. You know, they're not in trying to make the playoffs. They're in. I mean, they're they're set. They're going to the final ten races this year as a yep. playoff driver. So there's no holding back now whatsoever. So get get ready. He very well could win on a five or six races this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, my number four. Oops, I messed that up. Uh, my number four. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Bubba Wallace. I think um, he didn't do half bad last season uh, at Atlanta. I think he wrecked this Atlanta too. But I like when it comes to super speedways. We were seeing a little bit of Bubba Wallace at Daytona. We, I mean, not as much as we normally do. We normally see Bubba out there in front, leading packs or leading laps. He didn't do much of that last um, last night at the Daytona 500. But I still feel like he is one to watch, especially at Atlanta. I, I mean, I think he has one of the bigger chips on his shoulder, so I think that's going to help him. And plus, he's really aggressive too so um you might want to watch him to you know make sure that you avoid the wreck that he might cause so bubba wallace is definitely my number four mm. my number three would be Corey lajoy and i say that because in 2022 he crashed out of the lead on the last lap of this race and 2023 he got a top five and just last or just yesterday as we're recording he got another top five at a super speedway race. And this is that style of racing again. He's got something for this type of racing. And come, you know, take carrying off the momentum of Daytona. This might be one of the few times, if not the only time in his career, he's gotten back to back top fives. And it very well could happen next week at Atlanta. So Corey LaJoy be my number three. Yeah, cannot disagree with that at all. Um my number three is going to go Chase Elliott. 
Uh, I think Chase, Chase Elliott has a, a better shot at winning this than most people probably do. Um, as long wasn't it this racetrack last year when he, or no, it was. I think it was Vegas. Where did he dump, Lar, um, uh, Denny Hamlin? Was that at Charlotte? No, I think it was Vegas. <clears throat> I think it was yeah, Vegas. I think it was- I mean, I don't know. Um, anyways, that has nothing to do with Atlanta. I knew it wasn't Atlanta, but then again, I was like, was it Atlanta? It might have been. Um, no, I think Chase Elliott, he uh, had a decent 500. Um, it looked like he could. He was able to push drivers. He was able to. He really knew what Chevy could do in the draft. I, I kind of noticed. So especially him and uh, Bowman worked a lot together in Daytona 500, they looked really stellar. So I'm going to keep my eyes on Chase Elliott. My number two will be uh track house racing Ooh. just in general, both of them, because they just, they're coming off of a, a good finish to last year and nearly winning the Daytona 500. And both of those cars were constantly running in the top five in the last bit of that race. It's like they, they took their time. And then all of a sudden, at the end of that race, they were like, okay, we're two of the best cars here. And we've seen both of these guys at Trackhouse do something pretty good at Atlanta. Both of them have had chances to win this race at Atlanta before. So moving that, moving on with that momentum, I say watch Team Trackhouse. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'm, my number two, I'm going to say Ty Gibbs. I've you better watch out for Ty Gibbs. I think he's going to uh I think he's gonna be a massive threat in uh out Atlanta. Just his demeanor, he's you could tell, you know, at the clash that he's ready to win a race. He is might as well make it a point race. Um draft I think he still has a couple, you know, a couple of years on learning how to draft correctly, but like you got Denny Hamlin, you got Martin Truex Jr., you got uh Christopher Bell, some three of the top prospects in NASCAR right now. Uh, I think he's going to figure it out pretty quickly and I think he's going to, you know, he's won at this style of Atlanta in the Xfinity series, completely different car. Um so that might not help him a lot. He knows how to I think he knows what to expect more than what we think he does. So definitely keep an eye on Ty Gibbs. You know who also is ready to win a race? My number one, Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, um, and he, I think last year, I think I looked it up last year, I think both his races at Atlanta, he got a top five. If the Ooh. second one he didn't, he got a top ten. It might have been that. It might have been a like a second place and an eighth place, or second and a fifth, or it, it's really close. Either they're both top fives, or they're both ten, uh, in the top ten. And we know he's good at that style of racing. He was just one of the strongest cars last week, and got taken out by the Hendrick train. So, I he's ready. I think he's tired of it, and he's. He really wants to win this race. Might even be my pick for the race this weekend. Uh, might. Might. I'm not saying so. I'm, might. Um, yeah, Brad has to be my number one. Interesting. My number one, I feel the exact same way, but about this guy, uh, I watched him win 
Kansas number two last year. I think uh, he had a pretty mighty fast Toyota Camry in the Daytona 500. I think he had a pretty, obviously a pretty stellar uh, duels. I'm going to go with the 45 of Tyler Reddick as not only my number one tales to watch, but he is in fact my pick for the fantasy cup okay. this weekend at Atlanta, take it to the bank, deposit it, uh, underline it three times. I, I'm listen, this is me not, not saying you should watch out for Tyler Reddick. This is Ethan saying you should watch out for Ethan in the fantasy cup. I am so sick and tired of having two wins in two seasons. Uh, this is where we turn things around. Tyler Reddick is the guy. Uh, I think he's great at super speedway racing. I think he's hungrier than most anyone, you know, out there. Uh, I think he has a lot to prove. Uh, he has a lot of pressure with Denny and Michael Jordan. Uh, I think Tyler Reddick gets it done this weekend at Atlanta. He had a really good looking car at Daytona too. Yes, he did. Yeah, that monster beast uh paint job and stuff like that they got. That's that's a really yeah. good really good paint job. Um is there anything else before we get out of here, dude? Uh that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. Uh can't wait for Atlanta. Atlanta's gonna be just as fun as Daytona. I mean, just just as it's Daytona, but it's on much, much tighter quarters and it's gonna be a lot of fun. I want to give a shout out to the podcast drafting partners real quick, fully opposable wrestling figure podcast and also uh, drunk wrestling history. Go listen to both of those shows. Excellent. Excellent shows. Positively pro wrestling podcast. All, all of these are putting out so much content all the time. Uh, Howling with the wolf with Jason Wolf and also his chop shop. And uh, he was just recently putting a bunch of figures up on sale for a president's day sale, I believe. And, um, I mean, excellent stuff. I have plenty of Chop Shop figures. Uh, the Stefano's Disney, or I'm sorry, the Stefano's Magic, I think, now. I think that's what he's officially changing his, his uh, thing to since he's become a YouTube partner. Disney World Podcast on YouTube. Uh, they do vlogs and different various things about Disney World and the uh, hotels and the food and the rides. Just all sorts of fun stuff if you're a Disney fan. And also, I want to give a shout out to Big Underscore Bane for his music. Go check out his stuff, B-A-Y-N. Um, also, he does our intro every week, the same intro. I don't ever plan on changing it because it's freaking awesome. And that's who I got. Who you got, Ethan? Yeah, speaking of Big Underscore Bane, first up, as always, bring... Brian Bray. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Go listen to the archives of that show. Hopefully that will come back one day. Saturday morning Rumble Wheel with Brian Breaker and Daniel Cross. TV Toycast with Brian Breaker and Jeff Toon filling in for our friend Travis Fowler. Go listen to the archives of You Know It's Fake, right? Where both Soda and I were special guests. It is on sabbatical. Go listen to No Holds Barred with Bill Venus and go check out Bill's Venus. Bill. <laughs> I said Bill's Venus. Uh, Bill's book. Be looking at that now. Just leave that alone. Oh man, go listen. Go uh, get your copy of Bill's book. Imagine if he had an audio book form. He does. Does he? Does he have <laughs> the audio book? I didn't. know oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's audio. I think it's. Um, I think it's available on Kindle. Oh no, he needs an audio book. 
Oh, maybe maybe it's not an audiobook. I don't I don't know. But you can get that uh book at Amazon. Uh shoot yeah, Tales of a Pro Wrestling Veteran. Uh Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh normally for the Fantasy Cup, we will read down where everybody finished. Uh we did not have enough time this week to uh, do that. Honestly, though, uh with twenty nine competitors, I don't know if we're gonna be doing all twenty nine positions every single week. <laughs> It's it's a lot. <laughs> it took, <laughs> dude. It took me like close to two hours to get all of their <laughs> all that information done, and that was after the Xfinity race. Um, whew. I was gonna be like, yeah, we can bump it up to fifty. No, like thirty is as as much as we can do. It was like two and a, almost two hours to do all that math. Is woo? It's re ridiculous uh but i actually enjoy it and stolen gimmicks did not do too bad at the daytona 500 uh picked the same driver which they were all worried about like oh they're gonna think that no man i i was having a conversation with both of them i kind of knew they were both leaning towards the same driver so when it wasn't a shocker when they both picked a driver or the same driver of bubba wallace um i know there was nothing weird about that or you know no conspiracy on on that end but i mean teammates helping teammates i would i would i would you know put that up too but very fun to see what they're going to who they're going to pick for atlanta um so go check out stolen gimmicks pro wrestling podcast just dropped a whole bunch of merch as well um, a new logo as well go check all that stuff out uh you heard their commercial earlier go check out daytona 500 winner caitlin vinsel and her husband drew vinsel with cameos from Rockwell and Cole on the Tales from the Estate podcast. Uh, I did, I was informed that the Daytona 500 champion, um, Caitlin Vinsel, will be addressing some stuff on that show this week. We also, we already heard from 2024 Daytona 500 champion, uh, Barry Frost earlier in the show. So it's going to be fun to hear what she has to say over at Tales from the Estate. You definitely don't want to miss it. Uh, just like Tales from the Estate, you also heard Pearlie pulling up a chair with our friend Tim at a Chair Shots podcast commercial as well. Go check that out. And you also heard the commercial for Three Brews podcast with AJ Ty Ryan. Um, oh, they, you know, there it's a it's a learning process, right? Three Brews. Like, <laughs> will, I will be on there uh, later this week to uh, do our pit stops and pint segments where I will chat all things about NASCAR, answering questions, talking about Fantasy Cup, and reviewing Atlanta. Uh, That's all coming up later this week. And that's all I got. Uh, Quick note about the Fantasy Cup. There's nothing against picking the same driver as somebody else. There's absolutely nothing against that. We have three picks per driver. We got 36 races. It's, It's whatever. But... There is one trophy given out at the end of the year. Just letting you know. Um, mm-hmm. If there is a tie for the in-season championship points, the tiebreaker is most wins. But if somebody's picks are the exact same all year long and they finish 1-2 in the tie, it's going to a coin flip. If you really want your championship decided by a luck of the flip of the coin instead of differentiating yourself from somebody else. Sure. Go ahead. Copy somebody. 
you know, not saying that's what happened, but I felt like we were kind of leaning towards that a little bit last year. And we just had to clarify for everybody. Hey, only one trophy guys. Just letting you know. Yeah. And you think, think for yourself, don't let other people influence you. Cause most of the time, if somebody else influences you, you're going to get messed up because I let other people influence me all the time. I did great up to a certain point last year. And then I just fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've had conversations with Jordan and both Joe, and <laughs> I think Joe is taking this extremely seriously. <laughs> and I could tell, especially well, with three brews, especially. And with I, I wasn't accusing, I wasn't accusing them. Oh, I know. Anything like that either. I was just, I'm just saying, saying in general. I think uh, I think Joe might be a little too competitive to just continue to pick the same. <laughs> um, and it was funny. Like I, I was I was actually at work listening to their uh, newest episode of their podcast last week, and I and they were talking about uh, they were talking about it. They were talking about uh, you know during the middle of their recording. Uh, uh, Jordan had to go use the restroom, and he comes out of the restroom. He's like, "I just picked Bubba Wallace." And then Joe was like, no, 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 I just picked them up the walls. And they literally did not mean to, but they did it at the exact same time because I was having a conversation with Joe and Jordan at the exact time at the same time. And uh, I thought it was really funny. But go listen to Stolen, Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast from last week. You'll hear them talking about it. It's actually pretty, <laughs> pretty funny. So I'm very excited about the Fantasy Cup. I'm very excited to see where everybody – lands for atlanta um i can't wait for tyler reddick to win and i add a new diecast to the collection i'm gonna wait on mile and a half for tyler reddick um i'm debating whether or not i need to go throw ross chastain out there for next week did you say you're waiting for mile and a halfs yeah for tyler reddick atlanta atlanta is a mile and a half that no it's not no it's not (laughs) It, it, it is but it's not you know i mean not with the package they're running no, I I'm talking it. about I'm like Vegas, Kansas, Nashville, yeah, no, I, that kind of thing. You're waiting for intermediates. I totally get it. But I'm just letting you know that it is actually, in fact, a mile and a half racetrack. I understand. But they 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 don't put the they don't put a mile and a half package on this track. They they put a two and a half mile an hour, uh, two and a half mile package on this track. And it makes the racing all weird, which is it chaos. Is. But Hey, it'd be interesting to see before I completely close the show out. It'd be interesting to see what the aging asphalt does to this track because last year's race looked a lot different than the year before. Yes. And I'm curious if there's not as much grip, you might you might not have the same kind of racing. It might be there might be a different strategy of uh the pack racing with this. And I'm all for that. If you want to make it completely different than every other track out there, instead of just a clone, like a mini clone of Daytona and Talladega, awesome. I love unique tracks. You know, something you don't see every week. That's what I like. Right. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. If you would please rate and review and follow us on all the social media platforms, uh, X and Instagram at In the Marbles Pod. You can also find us on Facebook. You can email the show at In the Marbles Pod at gmail.com. And you can go to watermaneuver.net. I, soon as soon as i get photoshop back which i plan on purchasing again on thursday or at least leasing for the the month or whatever i'm going to come up with a few designs and we're going to throw some stuff on t public as well um that's that's my plan 
Uh, but in the meantime, go to watermaneuver.net and you can hit the search by store tab and scroll down to end the marbles. And that's where our shirts are. Also go to skinnymixes.com. Use code marbles at checkout for 10% off your first order. And if you still want to contribute to the championship belt, it is happening. It is absolutely happening. If you want to donate towards that as a fantasy cup participant, or you just want to donate to the prize fund, any, any way you want to just leave a note when you do it. So I know what you're doing. Um, you can PayPal me directly. This is the only way I know to do it. If there's another way, we'll figure some other way out. Like if you don't have PayPal between me and Ethan and Drew, since he's doing the belt, um, we'll figure out a way to get it done. If you don't have PayPal Dunlap racing five, three at yahoo.com D U N L A P racing five, three at yahoo.com. That is how you can contribute to the belt. That is how you contribute to any prize fund. If you want to do that, it's not required, not mandatory. This fancy cup is all free, but some people might want to donate something. So I'm throwing it out there. And, um, before we get out of here, you got anything you want to add? As always, peace, love, love, all the above. And we'll see you next time in the marble.